Well, we're back, and I'm talking to more folks in the EUC space, and DJ and I were – you guys know how this works. We're about to record. You jump on beforehand. You, Hey, how's it going? Chit-chat. And we had literally started talking, and I go, oh, my God, stop. We should talk about this. <laughs> we should just record this for 10 or 15 minutes. And, and, and really, DJ, let me let you introduce yourself, and then I'll intro what's going on. Absolutely. Well, my name is DJ Eshelman, currently in Franklin, Tennessee, which is just south of Nashville, uh, because awesome. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I've been around, uh, been traveling the world, all that kind of stuff for the last 23, 24 years, all because of this little concept that we now call end user computing. Uh, yeah. So I started uh Performing Citrix functions for for people is kind of like most of us voluntold to learn this new thing. There's this there's, there's these people called Citrix. Um, they want to do this MetaFrame thing, or maybe it was WinFrame. I, I actually don't <laughs> remember anymore. Um, it was actually a, a legal office kind of a thing. And so there was, but the important thing to re remember with this is it started with a use case. It didn't start with, oh, this is a cool toy. Let's do this. It started yeah. with oh, if we deploy this technology where we can work from home, now we can bill easily four to five more hours in a day. It's interesting you just said that, right? You're like, you're yeah. like I'm, at a, I'm at a law firm, right? For them, it's money. You know, I, oh, yeah. I need my yeah. associates. I need those people to go back home and bill against it, right? And on the flip side, like my intro to what we now call, you know, uh, early it was – server-based computing and then RDS and, and now we're EUC. Um, mine started out with remote access for apps, right? And specifically, I was, I was a support technician for a company that made insurance agency software, right? Like the most mundane thing on the planet. Yeah. Oh, run it on WinFrame. What, what the hell is WinFrame, right? I, I mean, nobody knows that, right? But Back to our, our topic, what, what made me stop us talking and jump onto this recording was we were talking about, you know, you were talking about a discussion you had with Mark Templeton, which is, you know, just talking to Mark is amazing, right? Because old school EUC, OG, Mark Templeton is on the list. You know, he's not one of us service people that, you know, was a CTP in the early days and all that, but it was that, Really? The CEO, when we all learned first about Citrix MetaFrame, okay, yeah, he's an OG. And we all know him. We all love him. We've seen him with the vests. But it it drove a conversation, something he told you, that I said, no, we have to stop and talk about. It's kind of what's happening in EUC with what we see in the community, uh, you know, what's happening to folks in the community. And my personal thing, right, people know, you know, you know me as a software guy, but when I came up and when I was first a CTP and a V expert and a, an MVP and all that, I was a consultant, right? I was on the thin.net, the old mailing list, doing responses to people who didn't know how to, I don't, I don't know, edit DNS remotely or whatever we were doing at the time, stupid things. Um, and now I'm in software. And now you start looking around, you start looking at the, the, uh, I hate to say it, those of us with a lot of gray in our hair, the older folks uh, in the space, and, and, but brilliant people. Look at Ruben, right? Ruben or originally went over to, to Frame, 
and then from frame Nutanix and and now new you know frame's been spun off again uh look at Sean Bass who was the EUC um CTO at at VMware and Sean him and I worked together at a consulting company for years in Chicago just implementing Citrix and VMware and different products but it it's what happens is as our infrastructure starts to consolidate our skill sets, the people who used to sit in EUC and did everything from, I can measure disk IO and random writes over here and do disk calculations all the way to I can virtualize an app. Now, fewer and fewer of those skill sets are needed and things are consolidating, right? I mean, am I out of my mind or what? Well, we, we clearly both are because we're still doing <laughs> this. Right? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. We should be fishing. We we really should, but I don't know. I, I joke all the time with my wife that you know I, I don't I I can't picture retiring, you know. Yeah. I just I just picture shifting and yeah. shifting and shifting, and it, it's funny just to kind of uh, kind of dovetail onto what you were just saying there. It really is kind of a, a progression that I've noticed uh, with with people in technology in general, but mm -hmm. it's amplified with end user computing because there are there are multiple different kind of what I call archetypes. Um, there are those that just deal well with supporting a use case, like uh, like people that are that start maybe a service desk. And some of those move on to like project management and things like that, where they, just, they move along in a progression. But what stays similar about that is that these people are kind of more people-centric. They're not as technology-centric. They really are more people-centric and making things work um, as far as like... Um, being their advocate, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that that progresses. I mean, you see a lot of uh, of advancement even within the technology space of kind of merging those kind of uh, interests. When you see even uh, some like solutions architects I know out there, you know, really came more from the service desk angle than they did from the engineering side. And then you have the administrators, and these people tend to be those that just really like maintaining things they like order <laughs> they, they, they don't they follow like run books they do their thing you bet you bet exactly and so their energy is largely spent in a process of my methodology that i call maintain they like to see that that, that steady state and as soon as they can get back to the steady state the better for most people that are good administrators and that's a strength that most companies need it's a it's a mindset yeah. that a yeah. lot of people need but then you have like the, the people that get the most attention and that is your engineers and they're the tweakers. In, in my mind, engineers expand what can be done. They, they, they fly in the face of things like design. They, they like to just push the boundaries and there's a space for that, especially when it comes yeah. to on the software side, there's a lot of engineers that do really well in their career progressions by moving on to being the ones that are actually pushing the envelope where it matters. You know, yeah. So many people that I know were, you know, you mentioned like tweaking IOPS and things like that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times you have those people that are are very good at that, and they end up doing all. I mean, <laughs> aforementioned people that end up forming yeah, companies yeah. like Atlantis and whatnot. That, uh, that Atlantis, they, yeah. I mean, you look at you look at through the history, right? Even, you know, uh, little startups, people who did, you know, Provision Networks. If you remember the brothers that started that, and. You know, and, and if we want to look at big successes, things like, you know, Softricity, which became AppV and, you know, all, all all those things, they were all born out of, you know, some engineering problem. How do we get around it? How do we fix it? 
But what's interesting to me and and what we were kind of hitting on before is that, and you hit on it just now for a second, but we were talking about kind of what happens as, you know, you're no longer dealing with hardware. Maybe you're doing more cloud stuff and hardware is more of an extraction. Nutanix gave you some gear, everything, you know, things are consolidating closer and closer. You're in these smaller and smaller specialties. And, um, those who had EUC skills, uh, there are some who have migrated out of the EU sp- EUC space altogether. Some went into mobile, right? Which is still, to me, it's it's end-user computing, but it's not server-based computing, right? It's a it's a little different model. Uh, some moved into completely different areas of tech, but a lot of people, especially those who have, you know, they just embraced it, they loved it. They've moved out of consulting they've moved out of administration in some cases and in your case you're talking to mark templeton right an og and he's like what do he tell you you should well he's he's well he's thinking dude you need to be like a a, a field cto for major companies like uh, vmware a citrix vmware or, a citrix or what yeah and right. and now think about it, right? So a field CTO thing, right? That's a that's a phrase today that we're all we're all really well aware of. Literally rewind five, seven years ago. Right. Field CTO, you almost never heard of it. It just started picking up. And to me, that is uh companies, organizations trying to fill a gap, yeah. right? We've got a CTO, right? And and I had this with Unidesk a little bit. We had a genius CTO. It wasn't that he couldn't go out in the public. That just, that wasn't his thing. Right. Right. Um, And now our CTO, when we talk about the CTO role, there's those, uh, in small companies, there's those founders. It was their idea. They're brilliant. They can drive it. They're CTOs that take it to the next level that go, well, I'm the guy who takes small ideas and integrates them into larger ones. Right. And then you have business-based CTOs which are technology people that are really focused on business. They might not know how to code. They can't go down there and beat a scrum team to some feature, but they're helping to guide it a different way. But field CTO is something that's really been introduced and we've heard about here because I think because that gap is shrinking, that even though, you know, that gap between the developers, the the people who make the app and the end user is shrinking in the business world, what is actually squeezing out of that, if you think about it as a squeeze, is these people have no idea how to communicate with these people. Correct. Just yes. none. Thus a field CTO. Right. And actually, the funny thing about this is I just actually today, just an hour ago when we're recording this, just got done with a conversation with Stuart Donaldson of Liquid. Okay. Uh, he's the yep. field CTO in yep. America. And and we had a brilliant conversation about this uh, and how it all progressed. You guys can go to the Thrive IT YouTube channel and, oh, and see that. Cool, yeah. But here's the thing that I found with with that particular role. I mean, CTO, you're right. It's like it seems to be splitting the three different roles depending on the company. You know, one will have that kind of. Um, in fact, when when I was in a role like that previously, we 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 knocked it down. We said, you know, you're more of a director. Let's let's mm-hmm. call you director of technology, but really what it was was CTO. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that kind of that, that becomes more administrative, and you see yeah. that more in software companies these days, where you have a CTO that's kind of leading the direction technically, and then yeah. you have the CTOs that are that are that are managing the um, uh, the kind of the the, the 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 mindset side of the company that is very they're, much. Like, uh, yeah, I just lost a light, but yeah, they're yeah. um 
they're not just managing the mindset of the company. They're also, and I've seen that CTO you're talking about. They're yeah. all they're leading the direction of engineering. They're almost taking on a VP it's of nice. engineering role. And that's really that progression with the career where you just you start as an engineer and you might work way up there. And a lot of people think that you go like administrator, engineer, architect, just because that's <laughs> where, like all the certifications are done, right? And most yeah. of us have that career path, but I've realized recently that that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, you have engineers that, that make better CTOs because they're mm-hmm. pushing the boundaries. Mm-hmm. In my case, and bring this back to my, Mark Templeton, mm-hmm. um, this comes back to a, a synergy, and I, I want to say it was either 2013 or 2014. Um, and I, I tell people that this is where I made, I made Mark Templeton cry. <laughs> and the reason right. is... What he said in his keynote uh, was two things that were really key. One, and, and I'll, I'll get back to this in a minute, uh, that we need to be designful uh, in our solutions. And that was brilliant. That was totally brilliant. The second thing he said is that, you know, we should be uh, people that are leaving the world better than we found it. Mm. Now, for me, that was something that, that I had decided was my life mission in 2013. Mm. And so hearing that on the stage, I mean, it's like fan for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like big yeah. time. And when I told him about that, that's that's when we both just like broke into tears and, and it, was, it was awesome. But the thing about the designful thing, that that also stuck with me and it kind of correlated the two, right? So you have people that are that are architects, but what is an architect's job? An architect's job is to take that use case we were talking about before and bring that to what the engineers will then break. Yeah. <laughs> but they're doing so with a design. They're 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 saying this is what we need to accomplish. Here's our success yeah. criteria. Yeah. And that's essentially, in my mind, what leads down you know, a couple different paths. And it kind of depends on where you go with your life. Uh, some yeah. go into consulting. Some just stay with a company and just, just do internally and just kind of become that overall solutions architect sometimes. Yeah. Uh, some might even go on to be more of like a, a CIO role if they if they get into the business side of things a lot more they yeah. might end up as a CIO. And then you have the people that are more in the influence, which is kind of where we're kind of uh, connected and and seeing a lot of what we do and what we see is we've realized that hey you know what not only do we enjoy talking to people people enjoy talking to us. Yeah. And so yeah. we bridge the gap between those people and their needs and all these kind of things. And so we're, we're designful in how we interact with designful design. You know, that's an interesting word. I'm going to, I'm going to slip that word in my back pocket. I might, I might use that designful. I like that. It's a good one. You know, the, you know, the interesting thing to me with this is that, you know, um, even here at, at, at login or when I was at VMware, I was always looking for the younger folks. It's like, all right, how do we, how do we, how do we mentor these folks, right? Oh, there's a really, really bright person. How do I move them up? How do I, how do I tell them, look, just don't step on this landmine. I stepped on that. That's bad. Um, and in EUC, one of the things that I found was that when I came up in EUC, if you were good at it, if you could, if you could do the technical work and you had the slightest personality at all, you were moving up fast, right? Especially in the early 2000s, right? That's when the adoption curve was high. Um, But talking about that squeeze again, right? And we've seen people move out and some of that's good. They've moved out because the amount of management, the amount of man hours that had to be spent managing it has gotten smaller. So we don't need as many. But 
I think that sometimes when I when I meet young folks now in the EUC space, sometimes it's their first gig, sometimes it's their third or fourth, but they're worried, am I in the right space, right? Should I be someplace else? And they don't realize that the skills they're going to pick up here in EUC, the ability to understand everything from the front end application all the way to back end load and the network in between and how those all interact, that will impact their career forever. Because no matter what happens, there's an end node somewhere. There's an, you know, there's the web front end, there's the applications end, there's the data end. They will be in a better position than if they just went in and their first gig was to work on one slice of that. Right. So your field CTO thing, to me, it takes folks that have a technical ability. You, you you can't live, you can't survive for long if you don't have technical skills, but have some technical skills and understanding and can communicate to people. EUC is the place to be if you want to squeeze up into that higher end. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to say we have more fun. <laughs> well, we have more fun. We're blondes. We have more fun, right? Yeah. It's it's one of those things that comes naturally with the territory. You know, I'm not saying that people that are in, in you know, like hard networking don't have fun. Uh, but the reality is, is that a lot of people that work in those kind of uh, fields, I guess you could say, or, or orientations or whatever you want to mm-hmm. say about it, like whatever focus they have, sometimes those are better kept to just, you know what? Give me my marching orders and let me go crazy in my basement for 14 yeah. hours straight and bang it out. And, you know, I, hats off to those folks. Yeah. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they're happy. And it's it's like true introvert versus extrovert. Like, like, mm. Misquoted all the time. And, you know, I famously label myself as a mixtrovert because I, I've learned how to balance uh, mm. But at my core, I'm an introvert because I replenish energy by just being by myself and being quiet and just getting ready. And then I mix it up by like pushing that energy out on purpose. Yeah. Pouring into people. And a lot of yeah. people are that kind of introvert where they they don't mix. They They really are on that end of the of the alignment where they just they prefer to be just by themselves and just, just geeking out. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. And I've known those people. We've all known those people, right? We've all known them, but so trying to get out with that though, just to to complete that thought is really important that people don't try and force themselves into something that they're not comfortable with. Mm. You know, so many times I, I hear people and coach people that are really, they end up miserable because they have put themselves in a, in a, in a progression of career that isn't appropriate for their personality type. It isn't appropriate for their interests. They just think they have to. And that's just not the reality. You can yeah. do anything. That's true. That's true. So as we kind of wrap this up, I don't want to take up too much of your afternoon, but you know, uh, having watched all your old podcasts, right. And have been on one with you and Jeff and, and some it's folks. Okay. And it's been a while. Yeah. Um, if you had to, if you let's say you were talking to someone who's managing an EUC environment today, and they wanted to move up, right? Maybe maybe they go the vendor route, maybe they don't. But um, you know, to me, I think that eventually what happens is uh, people figure out 
I'm a, I like to operate systems or I like to go and I like to be on the software side. I think they figure that out. But, you know, if you had to say one thing, you know, Citrix coach, you had to give them one sentence. They've got five years in the business. They've been stuck on EUC. That's where they're at. What would be one piece of advice that'll help them move up to the next level? I'm wearing the perfect shirt for it. it says serve first. Okay. That really okay. Is it. So if you can if you can get the mindset of you are here to serve and you grow in how to do that first, that really hyper advances your career more than anything else you can do in the tech space. I you know that's true. I don't care that's about certifications. I don't care about anything. It, it the stories are endless of people that that really when when it comes to like job interviews and things like that, every employer that's worth working for is looking for basically two different things. What is your attitude and are you willing to learn? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you know, and it even doesn't really truly matter what you've done. What matters is your orientation towards improving yourself and serving those around you. And that really is the key. And it's, yeah. it's, you've got to have, yeah, you've got to have the baseline to at least do the job, but you're right. And I, I think that, I think that, um, you know, whether, whether you're on the vendor side or whether you're at a customer, right. The, the idea, like, you know, I had a CEO that, that used to pound into our heads, customer exuberance, right. That's a big exuberance. That's, that's not happiness, right. It's exuberance. Yeah. But what he was trying to do was what you were saying. Those are our people. We have to serve them. The happier they are with whatever we do, that's better for us. If I'm an internal IT guy, these are my customers. Whether I'm fixing a printer or I'm making a new database, they're our customers. As happy as they can be, yeah. I've never, uh, I don't think I've ever met anyone that says, I get the highest reviews from all of our customers, but I've never been promoted. I don't think I've ever heard that. I don't know. No, it's it's kind of crazy how that works. And honestly, it goes back to something we were talking about a couple of weeks ago um, in a car heading to the Denver International Airport. Uh, we were talking about listening mm. and how that's really a, the key. And it really doesn't matter what it is. If you're an administrator and you can just listen to what's going on, you will find shortcuts. You will mm. find that people are doing that help you fix the issues. If if you really get good about active listening, about reframing, about uh, kind of telling the story, if you will, then you can help not only be part of the solution, but you can help others elevate around you too. You can actually help better explain, hey, here's the issue that's going on and basically tell the quick story about it. Yeah, and no doubt. You're not the only brain that's working on it because someone yeah, else no doubt. the story. No, it's, it's a huge thing, right? We were talking about listening and, and, you know, to, to circle back uh, right at the beginning where we talked about how Templeton said, you know, you should go and be a field CTO somewhere. You know, the biggest thing to me, whenever, you know, when I went to VMware and VMware, you know, there was the, the CTO's office, there was the CTO office per business unit. Right. And then there was a group that was separate from all those called field CTOs. Right. And I was like, what the hell are those people doing? Right. Let's, let's go look over there. And one of the things that you figure out real quick is that no, they're, they're here to be the ear, right? They're, they were there just to listen. Hey, here's our new stuff. Okay. What do you think? 
Yeah, exactly. What do you think about our old stuff? What do you think about our new stuff? Where can we improve? What are you doing that we have no idea about? And to be effective at that level, people think that CTOs and CEOs, they just run around pointing. But the best ones, they listen 90% of the time, and then they figure out, okay, these people are right here. Our customers are asking for this. They're a listener. Yeah, because, I mean, and, and y'all can come real close and, and, and listen in on this part here. It's because when you listen, you can be a better advocate. And when you can Damn be a right. better advocate, you can be a better evangelist. <laughs> Damn right. Damn right. Yeah. Dude, DJ, it's been great catching up again. Glad talking to you. And, uh, well, uh, people love listening to you and they love talking to you. And thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. And, uh, by the way, you ever want to see Ron's episode on Thrivecast? It's thrive-it.com slash TC008. Which one was that? Was that when I went to VMware or when I was at Citrix? Yeah, we were talking about uh, uh, dressing for success. It was like, like that, that, that kind oh, of Oh, we yeah, because I tried that for a while. It didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about you know, like the, the soft skills that actually matter when it comes to your career. That's so, right. Yeah, That's right. That's a good, a good episode. Yeah. Appreciate it, DJ. Absolutely. Anytime.